Thank you so much for joining us here today at PointCast. We're so happy to have you um, listening on our show today. And if you're listening in, you will hear us talk today to Mr. Jonathan Young, uh, here from born and raised here in Indianapolis, another active voter. We're so happy to have you with us, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much again. And if you don't mind, before we get into the topics that matter most to you as a voter, if you could just briefly introduce yourself. Well, sure. My name is Jonathan Young, of course. As I'm, as you said, I'm a native of Indianapolis, have lived here my whole life. Uh, with a couple years here and there, I've mm-hmm. moved away, but I always come home. Um, I graduated from Washington High School here, and uh, I'm just... Uh, just a homeboy here. Just a homeboy. There you go. There um, you go. I, I do a lot of work in the community mm-hmm. here in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and um, am always, always on the lookout for how I can help do something to better the Indianapolis community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And some of that work you actually do with children. Is Absolutely, that, yes. Yeah, tell us a little bit about now you work with children, specifically those that are dealing with homelessness. Yes, through um, Stopover, which is a homeless youth shelter here in Indianapolis. Uh-huh. Um, I run the Safe Place program. Uh-huh. So you will find our Safe Place sign on all the libraries, fire stations, every Indigo bus is a safe place. Um, Every Boys and Girls Clubs, YMCA's, post offices. Right. So tell us what that say. What does that mean? That sign means that if a child is in crisis or needs help, mm-hmm. or for some reason needs to trust an adult or get away from a situation, they can go where they see that sign, and they know that the people there are trained and ready to help them. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. You know, we had a show here about people escaping. Um, human trafficking and trying to get away from even family members and Mm -hmm. figuring out who to trust. So you're saying even in situations like that, if they can get to somewhere where that sign is posted, there will be someone trained to assist them. Yes, absolutely. And get authorities involved. So how did you come across working specifically with children who are dealing with homelessness issues? Um, Actually, I was referred to the job by um, a young lady who was working there part time and Mm -hmm. I was working at the Washington High School in the after school program part time and mm-hmm. looking for something else and she was like, hey, <laughs> you might want to take this job. Yeah, I just started off as a house manager mm-hmm. working overnight on the weekends and mm-hmm. like two months later I was full time and then mm-hmm. a year later I was safe place coordinator. So wow. it just kind of fell in my lap and it okay. was something that I didn't know I was going to love. Wow, you know? wow. And what I, what makes you love what you do with these children? Oh my goodness! Just knowing that I can make a difference, mm-hmm. just knowing that there's an opportunity for me to make a difference in a child's life mm-hmm. or a family, mm-hmm. um, just to see them happy or excited to get a shirt or a pair of pants or oh have a place to stay. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's that's so rewarding. What are some of the issues that lead up to these children being in your care? Oh my goodness! There's so many issues. Mm-hmm. Um, human trafficking is one of the big issues. Really? really? Absolutely. So you have to deal with that. And when you get children that have been dealt that hand, um, you provide them the place to stay. What other services do you have to make available? Well, we provide them with a place to stay. Um, we we get them counseling. Mm-hmm. Of course, we help them maintain their education in school. Mm-hmm. Um, we work closely with McKinney Vento to make that happen so that they don't have to interrupt their education. Gotcha. Um, we provide them with everything they need, mm-hmm. uh, toiletries, clothing, mm-hmm. um, 
whatever they might need. We also offer counseling to the families mm -hmm. as well so that we can begin that healing and reunification process. Mm -hmm. And um, we do all of that free of charge. What about children who have gotten caught up in the criminal justice system? That happens too. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have any contracts where we are uh, absolutely required to take those youth. Uh -huh. Our program is a voluntary program, okay. but we do work with youth that are that have been involved in the criminal justice system uh -huh. and who might be having some problems right then. Uh -huh. That could be the cause of their homelessness. Wow. Um, you know, sometimes kids just get put out, sometimes uh -huh. they run away, sometimes uh, a family is in, is in transition and they don't have a place for that child uh -huh. right then. Uh -huh. They can bring them to us and uh -huh. we can help in that way. And then of course, you keep DCS out of your out of your case. You mm -hmm. keep the police out. You're you're able to handle your situation with just some help, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. from stopover. Got you, got you. Do you think our elected officials and those in in power that, uh, particularly those who could manage the purse strings, um, could are doing enough for children in in crisis? Children who find themselves in your care. I really don't think so. I think that they could do more. What what more in particular? Um, more would be providing some of the things that the youth need. Uh -huh. um, providing more funding for agencies like Stopover. Uh -huh. um, that though in those two ways that would help immensely in my mind. Well, if if children can't be serviced by Stopover or you meet, reach capacity, what happens to those children? Well, we try to find uh, other resources for those children uh -huh. who we are not able to serve. Uh -huh. um, we definitely try to work closely with other agencies in the city uh -huh. so that we know where to turn uh -huh. when we come across a youth that we might not be able to serve. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And you just want to see elected officials do more um, as far as funding, more organizations yeah. like yours. What about the situations that, th that these children find themselves in? You mentioned human trafficking being mm -hmm. one issue. What could elected officials do more there? I mean, I'm sure you have stories. I do have stories. Um, I don't have an exact plan of what they could do. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like there should be more attention. Mm -hmm. And there should be uh, more care put into these youth that are experiencing human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Because human trafficking is not just sex or, or work. Mm -hmm. P kids are being trafficked to play basketball. Kids are being trafficked, you know, for many, many different reasons. And I think that uh, the focus has been strongly on just a couple of reasons uh, a couple of ways that kids are trafficked mm -hmm. instead of focusing on the broad scope of mm -hmm. trafficking mm -hmm. because there's things there's ways that people can be trafficked that you wouldn't even think of like like I said basketball right who would think that how does that happen I mean how does that it's I don't have the exact details of how it's happened but there have been documented times that that has happened where a child is you know, put into a situation to play this basketball game, but they're not supposed to, maybe they're not of age, or maybe they don't live in that area that, uh -huh. they're, that they're supposed to live in uh -huh. to play on this team. Uh -huh. um, so they do, their uh, traffickers will uh -huh. do some manipulative things uh -huh. to get what they want, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. so uh -huh. it, it's, it's, it's and deep. Are, and are you dealing with families primarily when you're dealing with children who are victims of human trafficking? Or is it their families or some other third party? It's usually a, another third party. Uh -huh. um, the trafficking victims that I've met, I've not met their parents. Okay. Um, these, The trafficking victims I've met have been trafficked across state lines. And 
lots of times they don't even know where their parents are. You wow. know, um, the last young lady that I dealt with with human trafficking, she had been trafficked from 12 to 17. Wow. And um, she ended up in Indianapolis, and uh, her trafficker left her. Mm. I guess she was getting too old, you know, and um, she didn't know where her family was. She didn't know where her parents were. Mm -hmm. She just, she really kind of didn't care. She was already had that, she was trained. She had her, her mindset was, was, she was trained. That's the best way I could describe it. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a very sad thing to see, to watch. Mm -hmm. I had her in the car. We were riding down 10th Street. Her mm -hmm. first time ever riding down 10th Street mm -hmm. that I knew of. Mm -hmm. And she's like looking around. She says, this is the track. Mm. I was like, this is, you recognize? <laughs> but being trafficked for five years, you know what you see. Wow. You know, so. Wow, wow. It's, it's, it's rewarding helping youth, but it also can be heartbreaking. Did she ever change her perspective? I don't know. She actually ran from she the did. shelter. Okay. Um, and we tried to follow her, uh, but she screamed out like we were, you know, hurting her or something like that. She made a scene, basically. Mm -hmm. And so she, uh, we just, mm -hmm. there was nothing we could do, really, because our program is voluntary. So I see. I see. if you don't want to be there, mm -hmm. we can't make you stay. Gotcha. But, gotcha. That is so, a sadness. That I'm hoping cool. that she's okay. We hope so. We certainly hope so. And I'm sure there are a lot of other sad stories. Um, and I'm yeah. glad you're in the community to try to stave off, um, yeah. you know, what could be worse for some children. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Um, I know that based on previous conversations that you have some concerns with gun violence in this country um, and specific to gun control. Let's talk about that a little bit. What could elected, what do you need to hear from elected officials as you go to the polls in the 2020? What do you need to hear from them to make you feel comfortable that they understand? That's exactly what I need to hear, that they understand. Mm -hmm. um, that they are in touch with the people who are dealing with everyday life in the streets of the cities. Mm -hmm. um, I need to know that that they care about who has guns, mm -hmm. about the process of receiving a gun, mm -hmm. about receiving a permit to carry a gun. Now, you have two views when it comes to gun control. Right? I absolutely do. Let's, um, let's talk about that. Well, my first view has been ban all guns. Okay. Guns should be banned. If there are no guns, nobody will get shot. Um, I get a lot of pushback on that one, as you can imagine. <laughs> a whole lot of pushback. So I thought maybe you're just being too too um, strong in your view, Jonathan. Kind of think of what something that might help be, mm -hmm. think of something that might please more people. So I thought a box of bullets costs $19. Mm -hmm. Hollow tips. You can get a box wow. for $19 and 99 cents. Um, so that means that each bullet that could take a life costs you about 0.34 cents or somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so I haven't done the math, but I'll trust your I, math. <laughs> it, I did the math, but I kind of don't remember exactly. Right. But I know it was 0.3 something. Right. Um, so for pennies, you could take somebody's life. Wow. For pennies. Mm -hmm. I thought, what if bullets cost $75 a piece? If a bullet costs you $75, how likely are you going to be to just pop off at any time? 
Mm-hmm. How likely will you be to go out and rob somebody? Do you even have any money to get by the bullets if you're going to look at rob somebody? <laughs> <laughs> this could save somebody from having a gun set in their face. Mm-hmm. It could save lots of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, on 4th of July, we pop off guns. Pop, 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 pop. Those bullets mm-hmm. come down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People have been killed by a bullet coming down through their roof. Wow. And hitting them mm-hmm. because Fourth of July, we gotta, we gotta, gotta, gotta shoot these guns. We mm-hmm. have to, mm-hmm. you know. So, what if these bullets were more expensive? What if we made it more expensive to take a life? Mm. Wow. So, you want to see elected officials implement something like that—that that, that really curbs access yes. to guns in such a way that it reduces the likelihood of people losing lives? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and it, that's an that's a thought that I've never heard, and I think that um, people could expound on. Right. You know, they could make that thought even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that would be something that would make me absolutely want that politician in office. Have you heard anything like that from any of the people running, whether it's locally or nationally? No. No. I've never heard. Anything. I think politicians are afraid to talk about guns because they know that's where the money is. Mm. So if they're if they're against it, mm-hmm. then what's the likelihood of them getting getting funding that they want and need? Mm-hmm. You know. So if, I, I I very much believe that politicians are afraid. Mm-hmm. You know because you say they're afraid pockets. of losing money. Yeah, it might hurt their pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they might disagree with you, but... <laughs> they may, but I'm, I'm ready to discuss that. You're ready to discuss that. So <laughs> as far as you're concerned, you need to hear something on gun control, uh, mm-hmm. and you would love to hear something, some discussion around, um, you know, reducing the, the amount of children going homeless. Yes. Let's talk about something else that you, you mentioned um, that is not exactly related to those two topics, but is a serious topic nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and correct me if I phrase it not as you intended to be phrased, but you, you mentioned some concerns about the rise in white supremacy and yes. the residual effects. Yes. Um, my concerns are very much so that the people who are white supremacists or white nationalists or whatever they might like to call themselves are very emboldened mm-hmm. by our current administration. Mm-hmm. And by um, the power that they feel that they have, mm-hmm. um, it, it's something that I never thought I would see in 2019. I never thought I would see things like Charlottesville or or people shooting up mosques and things like that. It's starting to be global. Mm-hmm. These ideals are going global. But do, is that all on us? Is that all on the United States? Do you, are we contributing to that in your mind? I think we've contributed to it, absolutely, by supporting politicians who who express those views, mm-hmm. who who express, um, uh, who, who feel like the white supremacists and white nationalists are no different than nuns or <laughs> bus drivers, <laughs> you know. So I think that, that yeah, we're perpetuating the acceptance of those actions, which mm-hmm. is making it acceptable for people to do it in other places. What is it that has led you to believe that it's becoming more acceptable by elected officials? Some examples of what, what leads you to feel that way. <laughs> um, I mean, besides everything the president says, <laughs> like, uh, 
it's just it's hmm. the people in Charlottesville are very fine people on both sides. That's now. How did that when you heard that statement, as we all did? What's that translation? What is the translation translated version to you? To me, the translated version was, "Hey, these good guys were here." And these other people come, and now there's chaos. But these are good guys. That that's what I heard. That mm-hmm. that the, the the white supremacists were good people, and they were they should be able to do what they want to do mm-hmm. without interruption. Mm-hmm. That that's what I felt like the message that he was trying to convey. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong, and that could be definitely up for discussion, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just what I heard personally. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel that many of the emboldened people Mm -hmm. who who loved hearing that Mm -hmm. enjoyed. They enjoyed that. Now, this is uh, President Trump, uh, since you mentioned his name, uh, brought him up. President Trump also does have people of color in his cabinet. So how do you – how do you – how do you work that out in your mind as if he's um, someone who is racist or at least at the very least um, directly or indirectly promoting yeah, white and supremacy? I can't say that he's racist because I don't know him, mm-hmm. but I can I can only judge by what he accepts and mm-hmm. and the way he accepts those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I never say his name, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I really feel that I'm sorry, I, I lost the Well, question. let me ask you this. Is there anything, you mentioned some really uh, tough topics earlier, gun control and homelessness, and now with, with the rise of white supremacy, or it, it, at least at certain level, there are numbers to back that up. Is there anything that President Trump could say that would cause you to vote for him? At this point, I don't think there's anything he could say to make me vote for him because he's made it very clear that he's out for himself and the people that he that he likes. Mm-hmm. That's that's clear as day. Mm-hmm. You don't care about me. So I don't think that that there's anything I can't think of anything he would he could say that would make me So if he denounced white supremacists would that would that make you happy? It would make me feel better, but I don't think that it would be genuine. Mhm. Um I think that everything that he says is up for question because I feel like that there's an ulterior motive to every action mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, his. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either to better himself or one of his cronies or to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just, I just don't trust him. In this millennium, all. we've had three presidents. We've had uh, the son, President Bush, and George Bush, and we have had President Barack Obama and now President Trump. And each of them sets a tone, if you will, in their administration. Um what type of tone do you think needs to be set moving forward um, to that will embrace some of the issues that you raised here and or will make you feel comfortable voting for that person moving forward? What type of, what do they need to embody for you to feel comfortable that they're the right ones to lead this country forward? I think they, unity needs to be the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, We've been divided a lot, and we need somebody who can actually bring the people together mm-hmm. instead of the separation that we've experienced for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that person would need to provide some transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and be truthful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I think that's the biggest one. Be truthful. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going to do something that everybody's going to hate, don't lie about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, tell us the truth. Right, We're right. grown people. We can handle it. Right, right, you know, right. But those, those things would have me 100% behind a candidate. So there again, I go back to if President Trump were to embody any of those in a change from the way you feel from him now, for him now. If he, I believe if he came out and said, um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to tell the truth. If mm-hmm. he started telling the truth, mm-hmm. that may change my mind. Now, what about, there's a lot of people running on various sides. I'm, I'm not really sure if they're all Democrats or if they're in, in other parties. Um, is there anyone that stood out to you as someone who could, carry the banner of issues that you've talked about today in a way that you believe they're going to be able to get some stuff done? The one person that is in politics right now that I think could do that can't run for president. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's not old enough. Oh. <laughs> so, and I think that would be Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, really? I really do. I think that she would provide us with the transparency. Mm-hmm. She would tell us the truth mm-hmm. in plain words. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's looking out for all Americans mm-hmm. from, what, from my point of view, from what I see her doing. Mm-hmm. Um, she asks the questions that count. Mm-hmm. She does. Yeah, right. And um, I really haven't studied the, what, 15 candidates that are there are quite a few. There are quite a few. Um, so I haven't got my study on with them just yet. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, there's so many other things going on in politics. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of waiting to see, you know, who's going to fall off, who's going right. to – why should I spend a whole lot of time studying for somebody who's just announced it and then don't really do it? Right, right. You know, so exactly. um, I haven't studied yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the person I would love to see run for president – is AOC and she's not old enough. Right, right, right. There's a, a lot of, um, she has a lot of support for her new role being in office, but she also has her critics, some Absolutely. of which saying that she is not well-versed enough in uh, national politics um, and even politics that affect her, um, her folks, her constituency. So um, we'll have to see as she grows in her yeah. role. And and that's what I was going to say. She'll grow. Mm-hmm. She's young. And what do you know about the Green New Deal that she and others are proposing? Um, I have heard what the news has said about the Green New Deal. Okay. What has the news said that you've heard? The news said that there's a new deal that's supposed to help us move past fossil fuels mm-hmm. and to get to be uh, more reliant on renewable energies, mm-hmm. which I think should have been done a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, mm-hmm. and I'm and um, I've noticed that some people in our country are making regulations that's making it harder for people to obtain these kind of energy renewable sources. Mm-hmm. Like we can't put a windmill in our backyard because it's against Indiana code. Mm. So that's something that uh, if we had jumped on it, mm-hmm. we could have already we could have had those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about getting solar panels or things like that, but mm-hmm. I know that, uh, the, of course, when I first learned about solar energy and knowing that it was available for, for people to use in their homes, mm-hmm. a solar panel was $135 then. Mm-hmm. 
and from what I've understood, it's, it's gone up since then. So now it's, you know, more expensive. Right. Of course, so the lower income people may not be able to afford that and most likely won't be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think renewable energy just needs to happen. Right, right. And you also are then aware of the accusations of socialism that have been put on her and others who are progressive or liberal Democrats. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not really sure what different definitions there are of socialism, but I'd be interested in hearing from you whether or not you have a definition or if it's a word that matters to you. It is a word that matters to me. And when I hear socialism, my definition is a government that's for everyone in the society, mm. for everyone. Mm -hmm. So in socialist countries, the people may not, they don't live like we do in America, mm -hmm. but they have what they need, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we should be socialist. So that might be appealing to some people. It might be appealing to some people, but I think that some of the socialist things we could, um, we could benefit from, like healthcare for all. Mm -hmm. That would be a socialist program. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't see anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. well, I don't, and, and my mindset is we are a community. We are people together. Why not take care of each other and take care of the whole of us? Right. right. You know, and if we have health care for all, mm -hmm. everybody's cared for. <laughs> you know, you don't have as many sick people. Right. Now, that may not sound good to Big Pharma, <laughs> you know, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> Right, right, right. So you're saying aspects of that certainly have an yeah. appeal, and we can probably learn some things without, you know, upsetting the entire apple cart. Exactly. But, but certainly looking at that. And we can take the helpful parts of socialism and use those to our advantage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that wouldn't bother you if people are talking that way. And, and so what are you going to be listening for over the next 15 months, 18 months, um, moving up closer to the election? What's going to matter to you? Um, innovative policies, mm -hmm. uh, inclusiveness mm -hmm. of all people. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, what about foreign relations, and, and, and not just foreign relations in general, but what about immigration? I, I would love to see immigration be what it was supposed to be, where people Which can is, come mm -hmm. To this country, you give us your downtrodden, your poor. Give us the things that the Statue of Liberty has written on her tablet, and you know um, why not? That's what the country was built on. Everybody mm -hmm. who's here is an immigrant, mm -hmm. so why make it hard for immigrants to come into the country? Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the selfishness that these Americans are are expressing mm -hmm. by build a wall and. All this and all the scare tactics that are being used. Oh, they're bringing drugs. They're they're bringing guns and whatever. Mm -hmm. We already got those things here. So it's not <laughs> like they're introducing anything new. They're not introducing anything mm -hmm. new. And, and and in many points, I think that they don't have those things. Mm -hmm. When I see the caravans on TV, mm -hmm. which is all I can say, I haven't been to the border. Mm -hmm. But when I see them, these people look like families. Mm -hmm. They look like somebody who's looking for help. Mm -hmm. They look tired. You know, they don't look like they're coming here to ravage us. <laughs> you know, they really don't. And it's children and, and older people and women. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the threat that we've been made to believe 
It's not true. Because you don't believe it. I don't believe you it. You don't believe it. So Absolutely you don't see not. the need for a wall? I, I, no, I don't partial see the need Partial or otherwise. There was criticism that uh, President Obama built barriers at certain points along um, the border. Um, and that this would be a different discussion if it were President Obama asking as opposed to President Trump. Do you think that makes a difference? I think that it will be the same kind of pushback mm -hmm. because... Um, for one, I don't think Obama would try to fear or scare us into putting up a wall, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I, I really think that, of course, it would be a difference. Mm -hmm. I can't say how drastic of a difference that it would be. Mm -hmm. um, there's always been barriers mm -hmm. across our southern border. Mm -hmm. Now, the, I don't, I don't understand why we need to have, you know a big, huge, taller barrier when the barriers are already there. Right. There are barriers down there. Mm -hmm. They're acting like it's just big open space and everybody's just walking across the line. No. Mm -hmm. They have to dig under some of the barriers. You know, the barriers are there. Right. So um, what I really think, though, mm -hmm. and I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but I really think that 45 promised some people mm -hmm. some money mm -hmm who own these companies that can build this wall, mm -hmm. and he's not able to get it easily like he thought he was going to. Mm -hmm. So he's going to scare us into giving his cronies the money. Mm -hmm. I would like for us to look into who's, own, who's building the wall, who owns the company that built the prototypes, mm -hmm. okay. and see what their connection okay. is with him. Okay. Because it sounds like to me, to me, you're fighting so hard for something that's so unnecessary, mm -hmm. there has to be a reason behind it. Mm -hmm. It right. has to be. Right, right. And some then also criticize that um, with uh, as far as terrorism is concerned and as far as violence is concerned, with the rising threat of something that you brought up earlier uh, with uh, white nationalist groups and extremists, it uh, just came out uh, this week that 71% of the uh, terrorist attacks that are taking place here in the United States are taking place at the hands of white nationalists or white extremists. So uh, some people are saying that dollars need to be put in um, in that bucket to kind of stave off or reduce the crime that they're um, afraid is going to continue growing in the future the way they've done with other groups. Is that something that you would agree with? I absolutely think there needs to be put more attention. Mm -hmm. There needs to be more attention placed on that. Mm -hmm. And... Um, more consideration, mm -hmm. you know, because it's it will continue. And we've got young kids who are seeing this who think that that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we see these shootings mimicked all over. Mm -hmm. I mean, last year, 300 and I want to say 18 school shootings in one year. Mm. One year? Yeah. So that means that it's being replicated and people are seeing it and they're enjoying, you know, what they're seeing and they want to do it too. So that it definitely needs to change and we need to, our biggest terrorists should not be our own neighbors. Well, with that being said, uh, that's a very strong point at which to end this show. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your views and what you're looking for in elected officials coming up um, next year and uh, appreciate the work that you're doing. So thank you so much for coming out and spending some time with us. Thank you for having me. All right.